Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 5 is over, but we're just getting started here on Game of Thrones Live on PostShowRecaps.com. And now, here are the two guys who probably will never end up killing the boy inside of us. Uh, I'm Rob Sestrini, here's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy happy Misa Day in, uh, in House Sesternino. Happy Misa Day. Yes. Oh, what a, what a, what a day. I took uh, the Misa to brunch today. Uh, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, they had the high chairs for the dragons. It was fantastic, Josh. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a pretty good Misa Day. Uh, pretty decent Misa Day on Game of Thrones itself. Yes. Lots of stuff going on, of course, uh, in the north. Over in Marine, we had some dragons, we had stone men, some stoners. So everything was uh, They're just getting faded. These psychos, bunch of psychos getting faded, getting stoned, and so much more to do. No wine, though, unfortunately. No wine. What kind of a road trip is it without some wine? You need some wine. Anyway, so we are here. Uh, no wine uh, for us, but uh, help yourselves to as much as you want because we have a lot to get through here on our Game of Thrones recap. We are live here Sunday night, May 10th. Just finished watching the episode and we've got a lot to talk about with you guys here live. Got the chat room open on postshowrecaps.com. We're also taking your tweets, hashtag PS Recaps, and also on our YouTube channel where you can see every episode of the show at postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. Josh. Yes, that sounds fantastic. Really big episode tonight. Uh, this was this was pretty good. This is pretty good. Kill the boy. Um, and, you know, I think only really four distinct storylines happening tonight on this episode, but all four of them were super interesting to me. The fallout of Barristan the Bold's demise and Marine, uh, getting to see Lord Commander Snow make some controversial decisions. I think that was really great. Um, Stan is deciding now is the time to march on Winterfell. The big Reek and Sansa reunion in Winterfell and, of course, everything with Jorah and Tyrion. So, Huge, huge, huge episode. Lots to unpack. So let's let's just dive in. We're well, skipping over the big news. Danny big is news? getting married. Danny's getting <laughs> married. Oh my god! Congratulations. Dar- yeah, Dario, I'm sure is thrilled about this. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, so I'm sure Jorah is going to. I, what do you think is worse news for Jorah? Contracting grayscale or Danny being engaged? Mm, probably the engagement. You think so? <laughs> Probably. That's it. Well, what do you? That would seem uh, pretty rash that Danny's going to get married to somebody. Yeah, interesting decision. That's her solution to peace. Is she's going to marry this dingus? Yeah, that guy sucks it, too. Starzo dingus. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right, where do you want to start tonight, Josh? Uh, well, we're on that topic. Do you want to start with Mireen, or do you think that there are bigger headlines? I, well, I guess we should start with uh, Sir Jorah and the and the grayscale and the, and the stone men. Josh, could you just maybe uh, talk us through? There was a lot of exposition going on in the last five to ten minutes of the episode about where they were. Uh, they were in Old Valeria. They were ex- Old Valeria explaining the doom. But then, like, I just didn't understand what were they going through? Like a like a canal through Val- Valeria? Is that a shortcut to Marine? So, so Valeria is. This is very exciting stuff. Again, we're talking about how Game of Thrones has been playing around with the books this season and either you know changing things up or just doing things that the books haven't done. Um, a version of what we see tonight with the Tyrion and Jorah story happens in the books, but it certainly doesn't take place in Old Valeria. You know, that's a place that is talked about a lot, but we haven't really seen. Uh, so that was very exciting from that perspective. But Old Valeria is 
as as they're talking about on the boat, you know, a long, long time ago, thousands of years ago, it was basically the seat of power in the world. Um, this is where you know men were were creating great empires and uh, working with magic, and dragons were were in the mix. And this is these are the people that the that the Targaryens are descended from. And there's this great event called the Doom of Valyria that's largely unexplained exactly what happened, but in an instant, this vast empire, the Valyrian Empire, disappears. It go like it gets destroyed. It becomes, you know, a shell of itself. It apparently becomes what we see here tonight on Game of Thrones. It, it's it's a ruin. Um, so that's what they're sailing through. That's a really exciting thing for for fans of the books to see, and hopefully for fans of the show. This is, you know, this place is a huge, huge, huge place in history. And I think it's funny, you know, Tyrion and Jorah. It seems before the big attack, they're kind of bonding over the historical significance of the fact that they are in Valyria. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, but were they taking a shortcut through there? Yeah. So they're so they're going through there. Um, I again, I'd have to study the the map of the, map. the world of ice and fire. Uh, that's not something I did tonight before we got on the air. Uh, but I would I would assume that that is a shortcut to get to Meereen from from where they were, which was Volantis. Um, and the reason that Jorah gives is that pirates are afraid to go through here. They don't want to encounter any pirates. Pirates. Right. And so the stone men, they send, if you have grayscale, this is where they send you. Right. So this is something that's interesting. They've been setting this up um, in the previous episodes. Uh, I think of the past five episodes of Game of Thrones, grayscale has now come up four times, at least, uh, if not more. You know, we've seen a lot of it with Shireen. Uh, We saw even Tyrion talking to Varys about the stone men. That's what the Red Priestess in Volantis was talking about. And yeah. This is apparently where the stone men get sent. People who come down with grayscale, really wickedly, wickedly bad case of grayscale. They get sent off to, to old Valyria uh, and they lose their minds. They go crazy and they become the types of people that we saw tonight at the end of the episode. Okay. And so it's not fatal. You just go crazy. Um, I do believe it's fatal. I believe that uh, it's fatal, but the problem is it takes a long time to, it can take a long time to kill you. Uh, it doesn't always. Sometimes it could, it can happen fast. But I think that the the um, you know it's it's not exactly like uh, a walker bite on The Walking Dead or something like that. It's going to kill you slow, uh, slower than that for sure. Okay. So if they touch you just on your skin, so like Tyrion, like we saw one of them like pulling him down into the water, but he was pulling him on his pants leg. He's fine. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, we we assume that he's fine. The focus was on Jorah at the end of the episode, who we know has come down with it. We don't really see Tyrion, but that sounds like a valid a valid reason to me. It's just a pant leg versus, you know, if this one of these stone men grabbed Jorah on the hand. That and seems like it would make a difference. Is Jorah contagious now at this point, or does he have to become completely a stone man before he can start spreading this? Is he just a I, carrier? I yeah, I don't. I don't know what the what the rules of this are. It's something that I definitely plan on looking into a little deeper when we get off the line here tonight. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, it if could you be drink bad. out of his glass, will you get the you grayscale? I, I think the policy for now would be to like don't touch him if you mm-hmm. can avoid it. I think that would probably be good. But it might just be early enough stages that he's okay. But um, 
listen, I, I can promise you that grayscale will be a huge topic in the feedback and book club shows later this week. Okay. Uh, this is, it's good stuff. Good stuff. What's going on here for Jorah. How, I mean, how, what kind of prognosis is this? Is, is he going to be like a, a stone man in a week? Does he have a year? Does he have five years? Look, I mean, it, it's worked out for Shireen. Shireen lives with Grayscale. Obviously, she's doing okay. She's alive. She's had it for a long time. She was basically a baby when she got it, and she's definitely more than a baby these days. So it could work out for Jorah. Maybe, maybe it won't. Okay. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. All right. That's an ongoing story. Uh, the dragon that they saw, that was Drogon? That was Drogon. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tyrion seeing a dragon. He was very excited about it. He was very excited about that. Uh, isn't Drogon a long way from Marine? Um, let's just say that Drogon really dropped the ball on Misa Day. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He really screwed up. He screwed okay. up big. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a little ways from Marine, but he is a dragon, and dragons can go fast, and we don't know how long it's been since that night that he saw Danny and Marine. So it uh, could make sense. And if a dragon could get from Marine to Old Valyria that quickly, maybe that's a good sign for other distances a dragon could travel swiftly. That would be nice. Okay. Now, we saw the other dragons in action tonight. We saw Danny. Uh, again, this theme of executions uh, continues on for the fifth straight episode this season, where we saw Danny take one of the heads of one of the great houses of Marine and uh, let them be eaten and ripped apart and burned by the dragons. That was amazing. That was pretty good. That was fantastic. That was, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was her Misa Day present to all of us. It was very badass. That was very it badass. Was, it, was, it was super cool. And just like her whole speech about it beforehand is like, oh, my dragons, you know, if I tell them to eat you, they will. They'll probably eat you anyway, even if I don't tell them to eat you. And sure enough, they ate that guy. They were pretty controlled about it. Good manners. Yeah. Well, a good mother never gives up on her children. That was That's very appropriate I mean. for Misa Day. Do you think that this episode was written uh, with Mother's Day in mind? Because I feel like it was a really Mother's Day heavy episode. Well, not a big Cersei episode. Well, maybe that was her gift. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever she is around and her children are, are involved, especially lately, it hasn't been great. So maybe that is her gift. She gets the night off. No, I don't think that they intentionally uh, did that. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, shades of, of moms that we can uh, always find in Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what do you think of uh, what Danny is up to in Meereen right now? By the end of the episode, it's going to be making some interesting calls. Yeah, you you know, it's Danny and Marine, and I did like the scene that we saw later on with Maester Eamon talking about like getting the scroll for like the headlines of what's going on with Daenerys about how she's not going to leave because until she fixes everything that's going on in Marine. But she's really in a quagmire here. Yeah, like a uh, giggity gee quagmire. <laughs> giggity, get out of there. Giggity, get out of Marine, you idiot. Uh, sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. But we, we can't hate on on Danny being betrothed. This is great news for her, right? This is inarguably fantastic romantic news. I mean, it's OK news. I mean, that I think that Dario is going to be very upset about this. Uh, ultimately, we get the decision from Danny tonight that she's going to reopen the fighting pits for the free men. I think we're OK with this. I think this is a good idea. Yeah, I think that maybe, um, you know, being so resistant to this idea in the first place was, um, you know, what caused a lot of these problems that we've been seeing that, you know, may have really contributed 
to Barristan's death, you know, this big uprising in the streets. Um, that being said, like, it's still this kind of like, is she, should she not be negotiating with terrorists here? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just don't know how this is going to ultimately get better. Like, yeah. you know, you still have those sons of the harpies out there. That she's going to marry one of these guys. Is that everybody's going to be okay now? Riding through me, Reen. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, that these are valid concerns. Valid concerns. Sons of the Harpy remain a factor. Uh, will marrying his dars Alorak change anything? Um, will murdering one of the heads of one of these great houses with your dragons, is that really going to sit well with people? Um, you know, I think that Danny is hoping that these decisions, you know, scaring, scaring the great masters, marrying one of them, uh, reopening the fighting pits. I think that she thinks that these are going to be the solutions that Marine needs. Uh, this is Game of Thrones. I think it's going to end up being a bit more complicated than that. Danny, she's the she's the Khaleesi that Marine needs. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of um, Sande and Grey Worm? We get to see two scenes with them tonight. We were concerned whether or not Grey Worm was going to make it. Um, we see that Grey Worm is going to survive. Yeah, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. And he's, um, listen, he put it out there. He put it out there. He said, hey, uh, I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of never seeing Missandei again. Yeah, a little cold Missandei water on the Sam and Gilly are the hottest couple on Game of Thrones uh, chatter. Well, they could still keep the title in Westeros, right? <laughs> yeah. Can we give them something here, please? Come on. What, what do you want? Sam and Gilly or Grey Worm and Missandei? I don't know. I mean, um, at least Sam, uh, you know. Sam Sam has things that Grey Worm does not. I guess so. What, um, do you want to... Have we given a celebrity couple name to Grey Worm and Sunday yet? Uh, I feel like we may have during the Throners, but I can't recall what that was. Um, do you have Do you have any any suggestions <laughs> off the top of your head, or should we turn this over to the crowd? You go uh, Grey Sunday. You Grey go uh, Bisson Worm. The Worm Sunday. Worm Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Gray yeah. Sunday. Gray Sunday. We can we can call it Gray Sunday for now. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I would eat a, a gray Sunday. Well, <laughs> that could be good. Gray Sunday. Yeah. What's in a gray Sunday? I don't know. Uh, pillars and <laughs> and stones. Really? And that's what you'd eat? <laughs> They're like cookies. They're <laughs> like wafers. Pillars and cones. Is that what it pillars is? and cones? That's a great name for a business. Yeah, that'll in, be our uh, our our Game of Thrones uh, Ben and Jerry's flavor. I like it. Yes, that's good. Okay, all right. So then, um, as far as uh, Marine goes, is there anything else that you, that you want to talk about here? You know, just pour one out for Barry the Bold, officially dead, confirmed dead. Very sad. Do you think that enough business was paid to Barristan the Bold no longer being on the show? Do you think that there yes. was enough respect paid to him? It was fine. That I mean, if we were going to, if you and I were going to do the Game of Thrones power rankings coming into this season yeah. of the top 40 characters on Game of Thrones, I think Barristan the Bold would probably be somewhere between 31 and 40. Okay. That's what you think. Um, yeah, I think we paid appropriate respects to a character just outside of the top 30 in power rankings of characters we care about on Game of Thrones. This seems like a challenge. This seems like something we're going to do at some point. Now. <laughs> I think it would be fine. It would be, be a great it would be a great show. Uh, we yeah, would rank the characters we care about. Like uh who who would be number one? Is Tyrion one? Uh Tyrion is is probably pretty close to number one. I mean I, maybe I, I Sir Barris would probably in reality probably would end up in the twenty one to thirty. 
Yeah. You know, this, there's, this is a very, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. We can't do this spontaneously on a Sunday night. We got to plan this through. Yes. Okay. So let's go around to uh, some of the other areas uh, with some more intrigue. Uh, let's go to the north. You want to uh, start with the wall and then go to Winterfell? Yeah, let's start with the wall and then we'll go down to Winterfell. Okay. All right. Well, we start in the wall. We see a lot of stuff with Sam with Maester Aemon talking about uh, first about the Targaryens, uh, which then we are learning about Maester Aemon's failing health. He's a hundred year old man. He looks pretty good for a hundred years old. Yeah. Looking pretty good. I mean, for a hundred years old, you know, he's still talking. He still seems to have his wits about him. Uh, eyesight could use some work, perhaps. Yeah. But, you know, all things considered, he's doing quite well. Jon Snow sits down with Maester Aemon and tells him that he needs to kill the boy. And I was like, oh, that that kid that the the, 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 the Fens <laughs> killed his parents. Like, why does, yeah. why does he have to do that? Yeah. Maester Aemon's like, kill that boy, Ollie. He's a schmuck. Kill Ollie. He's a schmuck. <laughs> no, uh, but he has to kill the boy and let the man be born. <laughs> Is this like a uh, bar mitzvah for Jon Snow? Yeah, of uh, a, a snow mitzvah. Yeah, he needs to. He's got a lot of work to do uh, if he's going to. Uh, if he's going to, you know, learn his haftorah and all of these things, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he's going to have to do if he's going to get bar mitzvah. It's not just as easy as showing up and dancing. What about a Stark mitzvah? A Stark mitzvah. <laughs> Is that what we need to do? Yeah, we need to have a Stark mitzvah for for everybody in the north. That would be fun. I would yes. like to go to that. Mazel Tov, John. You are now. We've killed the boy. You're now. You're now a man. You are now a man. Yeah. No, that would be that'd be a great party. I'd have I'd have a good time. I feel like actually maybe a Stark mitzvah might be fairly depressing. <laughs> yeah, it could probably uh, not end well. It probably would not end well. Um, you know. Uh, I feel like, you know, if you put the Starks in charge of like a bris, I feel like that could go mm. pretty well there. You know, they've got like a clean chop. But, Is the per- uh, a Stark mitzvah might be just a little bit of a grim. Affair. Yeah, the person who dishes out the uh, <laughs> the, the, the bris. The Manischewitz. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So then we'll see that Jon Snow is thinking about what to do. And uh, we end up having a meeting of the minds between Jon Snow and Tormund Giantsbane. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying to give him basically the same sell that he was giving um, to, to Mance at, at least as far as like, we need to join forces here. We need to, we need to work together on this. And Jon's whole plan right now is he wants, he wants wildling support because he knows winter is almost here. Uh, winter almost being here means white walkers are on the way. We've seen them. We believe in them at this point. Um, but the Night's Watch, at least half of them, as he tells Eamon, are not going to be thrilled about this. Um, to the point that John's closest friends and allies on the Watch do not seem excited about this plan. No. To, uh, invite the Wildlings along for the party. And, you know, even Tormund Giantsbane ends up being on board, but with, you know, stipulations. You know, he's going to go north of the Wall and try and bring people back, but John has to go with him. All of this stuff. So this is... John is putting a lot of legwork into into this plan, and a lot of people don't seem to love it. What do you think? Do you like this plan for John? Do you think John's making sense? I think he's making some sense. Uh, could you explain to me exactly what John is doing in the boats? What John is doing in the boats? Yes, that he's going to take. He's taking the free folk out in the boats, and where yeah. and where are they going? They're sailing. They said they're sailing to this place called Hard Home, which is. 
the name of an episode coming up in the future of Game of Thrones, and it is also a location that is north of the Wall, and that is where Tormund Giantsbane says a bunch of his people are hanging out. So Tormund wants Jon to sail with him to, you know, bring the boats to bring a bunch of these wildlings back and to do it fairly quickly because they all seem to feel like time is a factor. And are they Where's going it? to go meet up with Stannis and um, be part of like the cavalry that comes to the Winterfell operation? No, the Night's Watch so far at least seems like they're staying out of that. Uh, you know, John, John and, and Stannis, you know, have had this talk and John has basically said like, we're staying out of the affairs of, uh, of, the, of the political nonsense. That's not our role. Uh, he basically, he's taking Stannis' ships and Stannis is saying like, I'm going to need those ships. So make sure that they get back here in one piece. Two I mean, pieces. Because I mean, Stannis is in the midst of like this major operation. What, what does he need to give these ships to Jon Snow? To I don't know. He's crushing on Jon Snow, man. I, I guess so. Because he I mean, the, the, what the wildlings are going to be doing has nothing to do with Stannis's quest for the Iron Throne, correct? Uh, yeah, that that would be correct. Although, I mean, Stannis, like, the middle of a war. Say, He's in the yeah, middle well, of a war. He's like, hey, can I borrow all your ships? Well, he doesn't say all of your a bunch ships. of your ships. Yeah, let me, let me get a couple of your ships, a pair of your ships. Uh, he's, um, you know, Stannis is the guy who wanted those wildlings to begin with. You know, he's the guy who wanted Mance Raider to bend the knee and have he uh, ha- have Mance and his wildlings work for Stannis and march on Winterfell. So having John's plan pay off, you know, having these wildlings come south of the wall could potentially work out for Stannis at some point down the line. At least there's more people that he could lean on. Okay. So, yeah, John is not winning any popularity contests uh, with these plans. And everybody, even his best friends, are shooting this down. They killed Gren. They killed Pip. Uh, we end well, up- Rob, let me, let me ask you. Yeah. Um, you. You've found yourself at certain points in your past probably having to sell improbable ideas to people who would be reluctant to buy your ideas. Uh, you have, you have played, uh, played games like this before. Um, if you're in John's shoes and you have an idea that's going to be unpopular, but you really want it to work out, how should he have tried to sell this information? Yeah, I don't think he did a good job of selling his big picture view of why they need to do this. You know, he's an agent of change. He's saying that you know, like, but we've fought with them for hundreds and thousands of years. He's like, uh, until now. Right. But now we're not. But now we're not, guys. Now we're now not going to do that. Cool. Uh, but he didn't really sell the big picture of because it, because if we do this, then it'll we'll do this and this will be better, right? You know, he's just like, yeah, but that's enough. Yeah, people don't seem to be. Uh, it's not. It's not enough. You know, if he can't sell Dolores Ed on this, then that is that's bad because Ed should be on his team. Ed yeah. even says like, I would follow you anywhere, man. You know, I love you, bro. Uh, this is too far. Too yeah. far. He's sort of like, yeah, but I, I have a friend who was a wildling. Yeah. She was, she was cool. She was kissed by fire. I love <laughs> her. Uh, yeah, but it, it's it's not working out. Not All working right. out so far. So he's got he's got some politicking, some further politicking to do. All right. We see also John with Ollie. Yes, and, we do see John with and Ollie. And Ollie is like, I get it. I get what you're doing. Look, okay, good plan. You're going to get all the wildlings to go go one way, and then it's going to be a trick, and then you're going to kill them. I got you. I got great, this. Great plan. Great plan. Love the plan. How can I help? He's like, no. No, that is not the plan. Ollie, bad news for you, man. That's not what I'm doing. Yeah, back off, Ollie. That is not back the off. plan. Bad plan. Um, yeah, and then Ollie does not seem to be pleased that he got this wrong. 
Yeah. I could have sworn I thought I, I really thought this was your plan. Yeah. Hey, Ollie, winter is coming. Yeah. Is that is that good enough for you? Is that a conversation ender? Like that ends an argument. Winter's coming. It's kind of like, oh, it's a fair point. But again, I go back to, well, how does this benefit the the Night's Watch or the North to have all these wildlings on the other side of the wall once winter is coming? Well, I think his point that he maybe doesn't articulate well enough, but he does touch on it, is we have seen, you know, what happens north of the wall with dead bodies. You know, the Night's Watch was under heavy attack, you know, at the fist of the first men. We saw all these White Walkers come. Uh, we know, you know, we've seen reanimated bodies, all of this terrible, terrible stuff. If we let the wildlings get killed up there, they are just going to add to the number of the undead that are inevitably marching upon us and everybody else. So let's get those wildlings. Let's bring them south here. Let's try and work together. As bad as they are, they cannot possibly be worse than ice cold zombies that want to destroy us all. Yeah, I mean, if that's his point, then he certainly did not do a good job of making that point. He really should have argued that point probably harder. He should have brought that up a bit. But no, nobody's really into it because there's this, you know, really ancient, uh, you know, super long rivalry between the members of the Watch and the Wildlings north of the Wall. Um, you know, you can't just heal that rift in a day, especially, you know, days, maybe weeks after uh, this, you know, epic attack on the Wall from, you know, season four. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a lot of blood uh, that's, you know, bad blood between these two people. So uh, it's going to take some work. It'll take some work. But on paper, what John is thinking makes sense. Uh, but as far as articulating it, he probably needs to, I don't know, needs to work on that. Okay. Well, let's go to Winterfell, unless there's anything else that you want to touch on here. Okay. Do you like um, Stannis crushing on Samwell Tarly now? He's like really getting into mm, all of our favorite yeah. people. Well, there was a lot of stuff tonight about, you know, uh, Sam always wanted to be a maester. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about like uh, there's all these, uh, you know, the, there's all these books at the Citadel and, and the maesters. That's where they, they go to learn. And Stannis like charges uh, Sam with learning everything that he can. So a, a lot of stuff about Sam and being a wealth of information. Yeah. Keep reading, Sam. Keep reading. I also like how Stannis is like, you don't look like a warrior. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. It looked like Sam also was going to be in trouble when Stannis said like, oh, you're, uh, you're, yeah, you're Randall Tarly's kid. Yeah. Uh, Randall Tarly. That guy is a terrible person. I don't like Randall Tarly. Good soldier. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm not my, I'm not my father. I'm a much nicer man. Yeah. I don't like him either. I don't like him very much as well. <laughs> So, I like you quite a bit more. Yeah, so Stannis, uh, he likes uh, Sam Tarly. All right, yeah. uh, who doesn't? Let's who doesn't? go to talk about everything going on at Winterfell. And uh, we see a lot of stuff uh, going on here tonight. And we start off with Brienne and Pod. Brienne and Pod, yeah, they're not quite at Winterfell They're undercover. Yet, but they're undercover. Undercover Brienne, undercover Pod. Uh, they are um, they are looking for a way into Winterfell, and it seems like they make some inroads with one of the locals who has ties to Winterfell, uh, and they spill the beans that Sansa Stark is inside Winterfell. So it's not just Bolton's in there, uh, and Brienne is saying, "Look, I knew Catelyn Stark. Uh, I still serve Catelyn Stark, even though Catelyn Stark is is no longer dead uh, or is no longer alive. Rather, uh, I believe, unfortunately, she is still very dead." Uh, much to the chagrin of many people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she she says all this. She, lay, she lays this out and the guy seems to be like, 
I like this. I like you. Let's let's see what we can work out. Okay. So we then go and see anything. And she wants, they want to get a message to Sansa. She wants to, yeah, she wants to get a message to Sansa. I mean, ultimately her goal is to save Sansa Stark. Sansa doesn't seem at least yet. And certainly in the one interaction that we've seen between Sansa and Brienne doesn't seem to want Brienne's help. Brienne wants to help out. Later on when Sansa gets the message of, Hey, light the candle. If you're in trouble, is that related to Brienne? Is Brienne the help that's coming? If she lights the candle? Uh, perhaps, mayhaps, but the um the woman who says the North remembers, we saw her in the first know, episode or when, the first time Santa was there. Yeah, we saw her back when Santa first came to Winterfell. So this might just be stuff that predates Brienne's involvement. Um, you know, not definitive yet. Either way. Okay, so we also then get to see the second thing uh, that we see at Winterfell: uh, Roos Bolton and his girlfriend uh, Miranda. Yeah, Miranda Ramsey Bolton. Uh, I'm sorry. So what I, I'm sorry, uh, Miranda. Uh, I'm sorry, not Miranda Bolton. Uh, Ramsey Bolton uh, with Miranda. Finally, uh, Miranda has come back to nine o'clock on HBO. Yes, she's finally. Back. Uh, I got to admit, I was never a Miranda man. <laughs> yes, well, she's not much of a Miranda. This one, and she is pissed because uh, Ramsey Bolton is getting married. Getting married does not like it does not like Sansa. You know, we talked about this on the feedback show a few weeks ago. Like, should we be worried about Miranda versus Sansa? Uh, should Sansa be worried? Uh, we yeah. kind of didn't pay it much mind, Rob, but I think we got to eat some crow. Sure, uh, sure. Eat some crow. At the Stark Mitzvah. <laughs> wow. Because, yeah, we hadn't seen anything about this. I figured if something was going to happen, they'd show it. But boy, now we got we started to show it. And then I'm like, is Ramsey Bolton going to kill her? Uh, and then I'm like, oh, is she going to kill him? Boy. And bite his face off. That was bite his hard. face off. And then uh, but jealousy bores him. Jealousy bores him. Uh, but lip biting does not. That does not. He likes that. And he likes that. Draw some blood. That's the way to get Ramsey Bolton going. You know, and then he told her not to do anything with Sansa. He basically said, you know, just stop, drop this. But then we see Sansa, and that was a terrifying scene with Sansa and the dogs. That the she's the kennel master's daughter. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I you're gonna. It's very difficult to find somebody who likes Sansa Stark more than me. I love Sansa Stark. Big fan of Sansa Stark. I'm a fansa for sure. Uh, gotta say, Rob. Uh, you hear these terrifying dogs barking down this very scary dark corridor. Uh, this woman who you've never met before is telling you to go down there and there's a great surprise that's going to remind you of your mom. Uh, you know, I know it's Misa Day and everything, but that's probably not enough to get me to go down the dark corridor with all the barking dogs. And I think Sansa loses some points. I think that was a stupid thing that she did. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, could have ended, ended up a lot worse. Uh, but I mean, we remember these dogs. The North remembers them too. The North, re- the North recalls the dogs, but we remember these dogs. We we saw these dogs uh, last season. We saw we we've seen Ramsey hunting with these dogs before. Uh, so this potentially could have been horrible, horrible news. Uh, the fact that it's just a smelly reek at the end of the hall is a pretty good outcome considering where this could have gone. I mean, what was Miranda's end game here to show her reek? Just to make her upset? Was that what yeah, was going freak on? Her out. Freak her out. Freak her with reek. Freak her out. Freak, freak her, her out. out. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what she's trying to do. I think she's trying to be like, hey, remember this time when you are 
you know, banging my or going to be banging my my boyfriend. You're going to marry this guy. I don't like you very much. And hey, by the way, here is the guy that murdered your brothers. Uh, go see him. That's going to that's going to freak you out. I think that's what she wants to do. Okay, we and uh, this, of course, uh, comes after Sansa gets the news about light the candle in the highest tower. Uh, that tower is the same tower that Bran fell from, right? That would be correct. Oh, boy. Okay. Worst things have happened in that tower, though, right? Uh, what's the worst thing that's <laughs> happened there? Um, a brother and sister had sex. That was pretty bad. That was bad. Okay. That was gross. So Theon and Reek, and it looks like Reek was really going to get in trouble. Yeah, I was very worried when when Reek is like kneeling before Ramsey and he's got his hand. So many everything. things could have happened. <laughs> there were a lot of things that could have happened that I'm very glad did not happen. Okay. So did Ramsey Bolton know about that Miranda was the person that set up Sansa and Reek? Um, if so, we didn't really see that. Um, you know, that's that's TBD. I, I didn't get the sense that he figured that out. Okay. And, but we think he would have been pissed if he did. I don't think he would have been psyched. <laughs> okay. I don't think he would have loved it. No. So Ramsey Snow, uh, Ramsey Bolton ultimately forgives Reek. Uh, and then we end up seeing the big dinner scene. Right. With, uh, with Ramsey and his fiance and Ruth with his wife, uh, with Walda Frey. Um, and it's an awkward dinner. This is an awkward family dinner. I would hate to be at this dinner. This would be the worst. Yeah, it was a very awkward. I think I missed up until this point that uh, Ruth Bolton's wife is named Walda, Walda Frey. Yeah, Walda. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of Walders and Waldas. In the yeah, place. Walda Frey is like George Foreman. <laughs> yeah, just naming them all after himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Walda Frey. But Walda Frey got some great news tonight. Yes, she is with child. Happy Misa Day to Walter Frey. Yes, happy day. Happy day. Uh, the scene that comes later with uh, Ram- with Ramsey Bolton, uh, that was very funny, but also horrible. So horrible. Very horrible. Ramsey, Ramsey <laughs> like, and Ruth are both terrible people. Horrible yeah, she's people. pregnant. He's like, well, how do you know? <laughs> like, how could you tell? Because <laughs> he's like, Cause she's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, <he's> horrible. <laughs> really was- terrible. They're really terrible. I mean, this is it's kind of interesting that we're delving so deep into the Boltons this season. Um, you know, now that now that Joffrey is dead and Tywin is dead, I feel like, you know, we had Ramsey kind of stepping up to be the new Joffrey. And now it seems like we kind of have Roose stepping in to be sort of the new Tywin. And it kind of puts in perspective that at least like, you know, at least we weren't hearing from Tywin Lannister, who, you know, is in fairness, a murderer uh, and and a man who caused a really horrible event at the Red Wedding and other events that we've heard before. But at least like, you know, the, the way that Roos describes how Ramsey came into this world and what he did to her mother and all of this terrible stuff, it really makes you like take another look at Tywin Lannister and be like, that guy wasn't so bad. That yeah. guy was all right. He was, we're really saying Tywin Lannister wasn't that bad. We're walking that back. I think stack against Bruce Bolton. I think Bruce Bolton is much worse than Tywin Lannister. I guess so. I guess so. what's less what's, less powerful and just nastier. What's Tywin Lannister's uh, opinion on leeches? Um, probably not a fan. Okay. I don't think so. Okay, Bruce Bolton loves leeches. So when we get Reek in the mix here, we see that Ramsay is trying to reunite them or reunite them. 
Yeah, so I'm 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 kind of struggling with this myself. Like I'm trying to figure out if this is Ramsey trying to get under Sansa and Reek's skin, you know, sort of like what Miranda to was flay doing them to, to begin with. He would love to flay them. Like is he trying to like emotionally flay these two or is Ramsey just like this terrible and this dense and doesn't realize that what he's doing is actually horrible? Yeah, I don't know. And what is it about Sansa that has these people just wanting to terrorize her? Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> you know, Sansa really attracts some uh, some some killer dudes. She really does. I don't know what vibes uh, she's putting out there to have these, you know, one guy after the next. She should be working on that. She That's really good. should be. We'll um, try not to do that. So, so Ramsey ultimately wants Reek to give Sansa away at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. She sa- he says uh, like, oh, she, she, he's like basically the closest thing you have to family, so he's gonna give you away. Isn't that gonna be great? And everyone's like, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. No one wants this. Nobody wants that. It'd be a very awkward wedding. It'd be a very awkward wedding. Is there nobody else that could give Sansa away? Um, I mean, like, are we really not gonna wait for Littlefinger to get <laughs> back? Are we not like, can we get Littlefinger to do this? Yeah, I mean, technically, he is her uncle. Or even Roos Bolton, you know, Roos, have Roos do it. Like, I feel like um, that would that would seem to be more in line with tradition than to have Reek do it. At mm. le- do you think that they'll at least shower Reek up? Do you think they'll clean him up, make him look good? Make him you, look would nice? so. you would, you would hope, hope so. You would hope so. He was smelling especially ripe tonight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, could Jon Snow come down from the wall? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, isn't he? He's closer in relation to Sansa. What is is Ramsey just not even acknowledging other bastards now? Is he just so over the bastard thing? I mean, but there is no blood relation between Sansa and, and Theon and or Reek. Exactly. Yeah, John would be a better pick, but I guess John, um, he's he's got his hands full. He's got his hands full. Okay. So I liked it after the dinner where uh, Ramsey, uh, I'm sorry, where Roose Bolton uh, dressed down uh, Ramsey. Right, but Ramsey's freaked out because Roos has another kid on the way. If it's a son, that could potentially challenge Ramsey's claim in Winterfell. Um, so he doesn't; he's not thrilled about this. He's not liking this. But Roos, Roos does a decent job of like pumping him back up and being like, "Look, Stannis Baratheon is on his way. He's coming to take Winterfell back. He's coming to take the North back. This place is ours, bro. This yeah. is our. This is our Winterfell." I need you. I don't need you going to crazy town right now. Don't check out. Yeah, you got to stay locked in, man. Um, So I think that's a decent... He does a decent job pumping him up. He does a good job of pumping him up. All right. uh, Anything else from the episode before we jump into some questions? No, let's dive in. Okay, let's dive into questions. Try Uh, not to touch any stone men as he does. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Let's let's keep going. Uh, All right. First question. Jason Burney gets us started. Uh, Friends in the North? Who's she talking about, Brienne or someone else? Yeah, so we asked this. What, what's, your, what's your opinion on this? Are you thinking that Brienne has already made those kinds of inroads with the people in the North? No, I think that, you know, the, their whole thing is the North remembers. I think there's still people there from, you know, when the Starks were there. I think that was her whole thing. I don't think that that was connected to the Brienne stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that lady was already saying that before Brienne even got there. I wonder what their plan is, though. I don't know. You know, if they have an independent plan, what are they thinking? Okay. Uh, what about this question? All right. This is from Teddy Blue Bear who writes in, how will Sir Jorah take Danny's engagement? Yeah, he's not going to be happy. I don't know. I could see him being kind of stone-faced about it. 
Oh, Rob. Oh, man. Oh, it's so sad. Do you think that he's like going to try and interrupt the wedding? Is he going to object? Yeah, he's like, uh, all right, stop right there. I'm going to touch everybody here if this <laughs> wedding happens. <laughs> yeah. If you get married to that guy, I am touching literally everybody you care about. Like, uh, don't make me stop this wedding. Yeah. Do you think he's like going to get there? It's going to be like the graduate. He's just going to bang on the glass. Daenerys! Daenerys! Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think, I so. think so too. I think that he's going to object to this. I don't think he's going to be happy. I mean, who's going to be happy? I think Dario is going to be really unhappy. Dario's not going to love it. Yeah. I mean, Sir Jorah, maybe he could give Danny away. Yeah, maybe he could. Maybe he could. Barrison would have been good for that. That's a shame. That mm, yeah. That's a good role. That's a good look for Barrison. All right. Uh, the great Zach Brooks says, uh, great episode tonight. The Bolton stuff was gold. When do you think we see Stannis at Winterfell? Okay, so Stannis left for Winterfell in this episode. So yeah. by Game of Thrones uh, math, <laughs> it should be next season. Well, I feel like next week. I feel like next week is the week we don't see any of the Bolton stuff. I could, I could picture that. We spent a lot of time there tonight in the coming attractions. We saw Arya. We saw King's Landing. I feel like next week could be the week uh, where we spend time with Dorne. We spend time. You know, we didn't see any of the Jamie and Bronn stuff tonight. I feel like the next week is the week that we switch back to everything with King's Landing, Littlefinger, Dorne. Uh, and everything else, everything else that's not in the north. And so the week after that, would you say we're getting Stannis at Winterfell or is it going to take longer? Because I mean, the the distance between the wall and Winterfell is not, you know, super great. It's interesting. I could see it being sort of like an episode nine type thing. If it's going to be again, if it's going to be a big battle, like I feel like they'll wait until the end of the season. Has to happen this season, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're only five episodes in, still five to go. Uh, we're 50 percent of the way there. Rob. Mm -hmm. This season's flying. Um, you know, we're, we're halfway home half halftime, 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 baby. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we got to see Stannis get to Winterfell, you know, within the next two or three episodes. Yeah, I feel like um, episode seven ish, eight ish, seven, seven, eight. I think that that sounds about right to me. OK, I think definitely not next week. Are you are you excited about this or are you going to miss Stannis sure. on the wall? I kind of like Stannis on the wall. I like I Stannis on the wall. I, I feel I wish we would have had more closure with uh, Jon Snow and, and uh, Melisandre. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, his final scene. More snowsure. Yeah. More snowsure. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he'll come back for the Stark Mitzvah? I hope so. He's going to read uh, a portion of the <laughs> of the Torah. He's going to need Sam there. to read from the Torah. Yeah, well, Sam is obviously he's going to be conducting a lot of this. He's going to be uh, emceeing the Stark Mitzvah for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Debbie Tarley. All right. This is from the great Haymaker Hat. He says, uh, how fast do we suppose grayscale spreads and could Jorah's uh, luck out like Shireen uh, and beat it? Yeah, uh, like uh, Michael Jackson. Um I I wonder. I wonder. Do you think that this is something that Jorah is going to bounce back from, or do you think that yeah. we are starting to see the end, uh, the beginning of the end of Jorah? Yeah, he's going to bounce back because bounce uh, back. we need some. We need the Lord of Light to bail out uh, Sir Jorah here. Really, you think the Lord of Light is going to come in and cast out the grayscale? Yeah, we need to get some sort of a red uh, priestess uh, working with Danny because uh, we saw that the red priestess was already excited about Danny that that one that we saw with Tyrion I feel like we need some sort of you know a marriage of somebody from the Lord of Light with Danny interesting 
Um, yeah, no, that would be nice. That would be really cool. Um, who would it be, though? Would it be Doros of Mir? Would it be Melisandre? Would it be the lady we saw in Volantis? The lady we saw in Volantis would be nice, but I feel like we left... Maybe... See, the problem here, though, is, you know, we left Varys back there. I'm like, oh, Varys could pick her up, but Varys hates magic. But he hates likes magic. Danny. But the, but, the, but the magic likes Danny. So Magic loves Danny. Uh, it's tough. Tough. Yeah. Very, Real Rafe's choice on this one. Yeah, very tricky. All right, what about Michelle Jones? All right, Michelle Jones says, isn't Grayscale super contagious? Couldn't Jorah spread it if he goes to see Danny and Maureen? Um, yeah, Michelle, we're worried. We are, <laughs> if we haven't said enough, we're worried about this. This is, this is not... Do we need a scary. quarantine for Sir Jorah? Yeah, I think you got to approach Sir Jorah wearing your hazmat suit. You got to, like, scrub him down. You got to keep him in lockdown. It's like season three of 24 all over. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like the hotel? Yeah, it's like the hotel. Uh, maybe he will be one of the very few who is immune. As long as his nose doesn't start. He's gushing. like Michelle? He's like Michelle. Michelle Mormont. Okay. I'm All really right. happy to be talking about Michelle Dessler right now. Kelly Kahn says, uh, so Ramsey is super crazy, like shove your brother's killer in front of you crazy, but I'm almost more worried about Miranda. What's the best case scenario here and what is the worst? Yeah, so... So Kelly brings up a good point. Like Miranda is terrifying. Uh, Rob, are you changing your opinion about Miranda? Mm, yeah, she's dangerous. She's super her. dangerous. Uh, best case scenario for me is sort of like uh, I saw this movie once where uh, Jamie Lannister had a bunch of girlfriends and then uh-huh. they all became like friends behind his back and then like planned to like do stuff to him. Like that's the best case scenario. What movie is that? Uh, it's with like Cameron Diaz and Judd Apatow's wife. And then is it Kate Upton is the third girl? I don't know. I don't you know, you don't know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen this one. I, I forget what it's enough. called. Tell me in the chat room what it's called. And Jamie <laughs> Lannister is the guy. Or is this just a, a hallucination you're having, Rob, from too many hours? No, I watched it on a plane. I watched uh-huh. it on a plane. Right, they, yeah, and they I mean, all were like, "What? He he said this to you? What?" And they're all like, like trading, like he's like texting them, and he's like on the phone with one of them. Uh, somebody's got to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody, please. That's help. the best case scenario where they become best friends. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. That would be great. That's the best Worst case, case scenario. scenario. Worst case scenario is that she's going to kill Sansa. Oh God. <laughs> I don't which think that'll is, happen, though. But which is likelier? The best case scenario where they become BFFs, A-E-A-E-A-E, or that she's going to kill Sansa, which is likelier to happen. She's going to kill Sansa is more likely. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. The other woman, I think, is the name of this movie. The other woman. That's yeah. the name of an episode of Lost. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't have to like, uh, you know, review this for MTV or, or anything. No, the other woman. Now I'm now I'm looking. Oh, you know, I remember this one. Yeah, sure. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it, but I recall it. <laughs> Jay with Jamie Lannister, too. Yeah, I did. His, he plays a guy named Mark King. <laughs> yes, he's a king. And he's married to Judd Apatow's wife, it seems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I think I'm very worried about Sansa for this. Yeah. And it is Kate Upton. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So you're not crazy. That's great. Yeah. This is good news, Rob. Yeah. Uh, and she knows Troyzan. There's so many connections here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, really? Who, Kate Upton? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Let's let's get this from it's really it's really really wants us to get back on track here. So it's really right. What was the doom that Tyrion mentioned? Another word for grayscale or something else entirely. Um. So the doom refers to the doom of Valyria. Valyria, you know, basically getting destroyed, uh, essentially in the blink of an eye. Um. And nobody knows what exactly the doom was. You know, they're kind of describing it. They're talking about it. Jorah and Tyrion. 
Um, I feel like they're both quoting like the same source material. Um, and they're talking about how there's like lots of ash in the sky and things like that. So I think one of the popular theories is it has something to do with uh, volcanic activity, but the exact nature of the doom is murky. No one really knows. Okay. Yeah, so bad stuff. Bad stuff. Murky, murky uh, do, uh, do we ha have any reason to believe the doom will strike again? Um, well, I feel like a doom level event seems to be happening in uh, the world of ice and fire. We're seeing, you know, the White Walkers emerging north of the wall. Um, you know, who knows what could be happening here in the east, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, it seems like bad stuff is happening. If not quite doom level stuff, then certainly getting close. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. All right. This is from Lauren Garcia. If Jorah Mormont knew there were people with grayscale on Valyria, then why did he risk going there? I would rather take my chances with the pirates. I might survive that better. Uh, do you agree with Lauren, Rob? Yeah, especially when the pirates we've seen in Game of Thrones have been very fun. Yeah, like Salador Sand. Yes, <laughs> very fun and nice characters. Yeah, more Salador Sand, please. Let's yes. get some of that going. I don't, this seems like a very bad idea by Jorah Mormont. I, I, I don't get it. I don't think anyone's ever going to accuse Jorah Mormont of being like one of the top 10 smartest yeah. people in Game of Thrones. But he would be probably ranking ahead of Sir Barristan on the, you know, Game of Thrones overall power rankings. Like the beloved characters? Beloved characters, power rankings. Not beloved characters, but more important uh, characters to the show. Oh, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about importance. Yes. Yeah, I think Jorah is obviously more important. He's alive for now. Well, I, before, if we would have started at the beginning of the season, Sir Jorah was ahead of Sir Barristan on yeah, the yeah, power totally. rankings. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's OG. He's day one player. He's, he was with Danny from the beginning, and now he's gone, and now he wants to come back to her. So I think, yeah, I think Sir Jorah is a, is a BFD for sure. <laughs> yeah, BFD on GOT. He's, a, he's probably like, uh, like closer to the, uh, you know, 15 he's, to 20. I, think, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he'd crack top 20. He'd crack the top 20. Bottom of the he's top like, 20. Bottom of the top 20. But I feel like he's cracked top 20. Okay. Uh, it would be very interesting, I think, to make that list and try to figure out who's, uh, who is where. Maybe at the end of the season. We'll go, right, uh, yeah. go maybe exactly. going into season six. I think so. That's our new and we'll say, eh, that was a, you know, And we'll only be upset if a top, if a top 20 character dies. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Uh, our Philly says, uh, what were we supposed to think about Danny literally feeding live humans to uh, <laughs> uh, Visceron and Rhaegal? Yeah. Is she going full Targaryen? Um, yeah. I mean, this is kind of the Targaryen like craziness start, starting to come out in Danny a little bit. Not that we haven't seen it before. I feel like her whole plan to get the Unsullied and turn the dragons on the masters was pretty out there as well. So we've seen this type of thing from Danny before, but it is more of like the Mad King Viserys playbook to just like feed people to a dragon. Doesn't necessarily seem like something you would expect out of Danny, but Danny does this no problem. Um, yeah. Should we be worried about it? Um, no, this is like the most baller thing Danny has done all season. I love what she did. I thought this was great. And then she says also, uh, you know, I was going to feed you to the dragons. Instead of that, I'm going to marry you. Yeah, I'm going to marry you instead. Like and then his daughter Zalorak was like, this is great. <laughs> yes. this is For upgrade. so many reasons, this is fantastic. It's much better than getting fed to the dragons. Yeah, who had the best night on Game of Thrones? Did he have the best night? I mean, to find out that he's A, not getting fed to dragons after having seen somebody he knows get fed to dragons, and then B, finding out that he is going to get married to like the most beautiful woman on the planet. <laughs> better person. night than Sam? Uh, yeah, I think a better night than Sam. Okay, all right. He's. Yeah. Yeah, I think he may have had. Uh, he may have had. The he's best gonna get the fish sheet tonight. 
Yeah, I think he gets the fishy. Okay. Uh, let's go a couple more questions. Uh, oh, the muffin that sucks is wondering if Rob had any flashbacks to his old neighbor when Ramsey and Miranda were going out in front of the window. What does this mean? This seems I used like to have a neighbor. I used to have a neighbor who used to uh, be often be naked. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. How was that? Was well, that great? No, it was fine, but she probably looked, uh, she was probably more of a uh, Walda Bolton uh, than Miranda Bolton. Uh, uh, yes. I know her real name. Her, I know her last name's not Bolton. Yeah. Uh, she was a, a, a real Walda Frey. <laughs> uh, well, that would be fine. I'm closer I'm to a Walda Frey. Hey, look, I, my position on this is rather clear, I think. Uh, any and all nudity is fantastic. I'm taking Oh, it. wow. I'm in, I'm in on all of it. Let's just get, let's let's see it. Let's see it all. Get it out in the open. Wow. Okay. I would be in on this. I'd be okay. in on your, this sounds great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Keeps, li- keeps life exciting, Rob. All right. So we'll talk. It's all honest. We'll, we'll talk about that with Max Dawson tomorrow. What did you, what did you think of, what did you think of um, Ramsey and Miranda's posteriors? Nice. Uh, that, I mean, right? yeah. We're good. I mean, Ram, Ramsey, I, I'd probably have to go back to the season three stuff, but that guy yeah. looks like uh, he's more jacked now than in season three. Yeah, he's been working out. Been working out, getting ready for that. He, he, he must have read the books and he's like, oh, I got to get naked in that scene. Well, he's, he's like on the wedding diet, maybe. You know, he's like trying to look really good <laughs> for the wedding, is? which is the exact opposite of what I did for mine, by the way. <laughs> Dress eating. Hello. Wow. Hello. All right. This wow. is a question from Purdue uh, 0999. Uh, do you think Danny is going to resolve the conflicts in Mirene with this marriage? Would it be better to marry a noble in Westeros? Um, I'm, I guess I'm more interested because, I mean, we're, we, we've talked about this. We think that this is going to still be a little more complicated than just marrying this doofus and healing all of the pain that's going on in Mirene. Um, the more interesting aspect of that question is so she's marrying this noble from Meereen. Um, if she wants to sit on the Iron Throne, you would think that she'd probably want to save herself for someone in the Seven Kingdoms. Right, right. right. I mean, is it the same sort of thing where um, we could do like they get married, but then they never consummate the marriage and it's like, it didn't count. Ah, uh, that's boring. <laughs> Yeah, it really. Marriage. What is it? Yeah, I mean, maybe the marriage to this guy won't be recognized in Westeros. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe. Perhaps. I mean, the Targaryens have had like multiple brides before, so maybe that's what she's going to do. She's going to have uh, multiple husbands, or maybe she could just marry him and like, oh, my dragon ate him. Yeah. Like, oh, oh no! What are you going to do? Oh no! Now I have that to marry. Sucks. You have to marry somebody else. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do one last question, Josh. Uh, bring right. us home. All right, Natalie in Chicago. What were the stone men trying to do? Just straight up kill them or just infect them? They're just crazy, right? Yeah, I think they're just Looney Tunes. Yeah, I think that they're like, hey, I I actually think what the stone men like to do, this isn't a joke. I think stone men just like to like get their germs on you and turn you into a stone man. They're lonely. Uh They're lonely. So lonely. Viral Uh, marketing. Is that viral marketing? (laughs) Yes. To, To spread grayscale and spread grayscale awareness that way? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's do one last one last question from our Philly. Okay. Do we think our Philly? Do we think Stannis' choice to bring his wife and daughter on the march to war will backfire horribly or what? What do you think? Um, are we going to see bad things happen to uh, his his wife Celise and his daughter Shireen, or do you think that they are going to be okay? Josh, this is Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. What yeah. do you think? It's probably not good. <laughs> 
That's, yeah, but also you got to keep them with Stannis. Otherwise, you, you couldn't have any more storyline with them if you didn't keep bringing them. So hopefully. But, but Shireen was having such a good time with Sam and Gilly. Mm-hmm. She was she was working out really well there. Uh, I hope it's going to work out. I hope so, too. I hope so. I'm nervous. I like Shireen. I like, I like all the Shireens. Shireen's been through enough. <laughs> Shireen's, Shireen's have had a tough year. It's been a really hard year for Shireen. Can we at least keep, you know, death and war out of it? That would be nice. <laughs> Shireen's have been through a lot. Hopefully there's no more, uh, nothing, no more, you know, hardcore emotional issues that will happen to the Shireen. Yeah. You know, Shireen has been through a lot, seems to be at a moment of potential redemption, which is great. Good things could happen to Shireen soon. So let's keep it that way. Okay. okay. All right, Josh. All right. We're done with half of the season of Game of Thrones. Wow. What do you think of the season so far? 50% of the way through. You liking it? I think it's been good. I think if I had to like, what's the defining moment of season five of Game of Thrones so far? We haven't had like a Joffrey chokes to death at his wedding moment yet. You know, we haven't had a purple wedding type of situation yet. You know, Barristan the Bull dying. That's very sad. He is no Joffrey Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not he's he's no Rob Stark either. It's sad, but, you know, it's not um, cataclysmic. Uh, it's not it's not anything like that. So I think we're we're still waiting for a big, 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 big moment like that. I think it's been very good. I don't think we've had an iconic moment yet here in the first five episodes of Game of Thrones season five. Yeah, I don't think that that's unfair. Yes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where, where we go and we'll see if we'll get. Have one. we had a top 10 series moment here? Top 10 series. Have we had a top 10 series moment here in the first half of season five. Oh, I mean, for me, I, I really did like when Jon Snow cut off Jano Slint's head. That was amazing. That's a top 10 series moment. It, it's in the running for me. It was really, really terrific. Okay. It was good. I don't know about I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right, Rob. I don't think it's well, what's yours, man. We'll have to list out your top 10. Top, if we were going to list the top 10 series moment, I don't think I don't, I, I don't think we've, we've seen it yet here and through five episodes of season five. Well, we'll wait. We'll wait and see if it comes up. That'd be great. All right. Looking forward to hearing from you guys in the comments. Josh and I are going to be back with voicemails later on this week. Yeah. Send those in. Postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Uh, The voicemails this past week with Antonio Mazzara were a lot of fun. So keep that up. And if you want to just... Yes. Great great job on the voicemails uh, with Antonio this week. I got a chance to listen uh, this morning. I I got my my little fingers uh, and I'm ready to go. Is that right? Uh, no, Antonio Mazzaro is the best human being on the planet, and we uh, we really ought to get him involved in Game of Thrones podcasting more. So I think maybe that's something we can do. All right. Um, but yeah, send in your written questions, too, if you don't want to leave us a voicemail. GOT at postshowrecaps.com is the way to do that. You working on anything else this week on the postshow recaps? Oh, uh, there's always irons in the fire. Always irons in the fire. Lots of Game of Thrones right this second, though. Uh, mostly Game of Thrones coverage this week for me. All right. Well... Josh, great stuff tonight. Looking forward to talking more Game of Thrones with you later on this week. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast at postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes and uh, so much more on the way. Looking forward to the back half of season five of Game of Thrones. What do you think? What do you think for a hashtag tonight, Rob? Are we oh, ha- oh, hashtag. Easy, oh, yeah, I right? almost forgot. Very easy. Hashtag Stark Mitzvah. Stark Mitzvah. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, uh, Gray Sunday, Pillars and Cones. I, I heard uh, Worm Sunday. For worm Sunday. Yeah. All right. But uh, I, think it's, I think it's let's let's celebrate a Stark Mitzvah. Yes. Okay. Mazel Tov to everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
Take care. Bye. Bye.